another dropped gain for Boston College as they fall to hopeless pit on the road. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart sound bar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Boston College, they fall again, losing their second straight ACC game, third straight overall, to Pitt, a team that many had thought would not win an ACC game this year. It was a frustrating game, a game where Boston College jumps out to a big early lead, but their inability to stop the inside game and specifically not being able to stop John Hugley was a major issue for the Eagles. Hugley finished with 32 points, 19 rebounds, and he basically just took over the game. Boston College's front big men up front, they continued to get into foul trouble with Karnick and Quinton Post getting into trouble. That forced James Vanderbon, who we really haven't seen much of this year, into the starting lineup. He, he not in the starting lineup, but he got more playing time. He had four points, two rebounds, and a block. Good to see him out there because I was starting to get worried that he wasn't going to play much of a role with this season. But by necessity, he gets out there. He plays. Uh, Boston College, they had a lead going into halftime. I think they were up by four or six points. Intermission, they go into the second half, and it's more of the same. Boston College, their lead falls apart. Uh, Pitt takes a lead of their own. They go up by eight points on a couple of dunks underneath the rim. And it was ugly in the end. They, BC jumps back up. They tie the game on a big three-pointer by Makai Ashton Langford, who had a uh, season-high 23 points. He was really the big offensive, um, you know, the only really big offensive threat of the game. He had 23 points. He hits a three-pointer to close out an eight-point deficit to tie it again. But the refs, who did not have a good game either, they were calling fouls left and right. They put Hugley on the on the line again. He, you know, he was doing really well hitting from the free throw line all game. He hits two three pointers, uh, two free throws, excuse me, with a few seconds left. It was a battle between him and Makayash to Langford. Langford goes and tries to run the court. I mean, that's the best thing you could do with a guy like Makayash to Langford. He tries to lay up, do a layup with a couple minutes seconds left. He doesn't get it. Boston College loses. This is a tough loss. There's no way to sugarcoat what happened to the Eagles in this game because Pitt is not good. But as I said on last week's preview, don't sleep on Pitt. Even though they've lost a whole bunch of games, they only lost to Louisville by one point. Notre Dame has been playing much better. They only lost to Notre Dame by one point. So this was a team that was like right on the edge of getting a win. And I don't, you know, all the talk of them going winless, I didn't read too much into it, but still it was a game Boston College desperately needed to win because they had all the, all the, uh, momentum is going in the wrong direction for the Eagles right now. You know, with the loss to Albany, the um, COVID break, and then getting blown out by UNC, you were hoping that they could go on the road and win. Now, the, the, the stats are not showing out very nicely for BC. This is now 15 games in a row Boston College has lost on the road. They haven't won a game on the road in over a year. The Eagles need to figure something out. Now, their next game is against Georgia Tech, another team that they could beat. So BC needs to figure some stuff out here because 
these winnable ACC games are going to start to dwindle because you're going to start getting your Dukes and Florida States and Louisville's and some uh, Wake Forest is back on the schedule. You're going to get these good teams that are playing very well right now, and a team like BC is not going to be able to beat them. So it's another loss for the Eagles. What do you take from this game? First of all, their, in, their inside presence is a mess. James Karnick is never the answer, and Quinton Post is not a typical five. You don't, you know, he's a, he's a lankier guy. He's not a defender in, in that sense. You know, Karnick is supposed to play that role. He, he has his moments, and, and a lot of times he doesn't. So it's going to be up to next year to figure out who that's going to be because it's going to be an issue all year long. You don't have a big good defender down low. So these teams that you play against that have a guy like Hugley, who in my preview on bcbulletin.com, I said was the guy to watch for because for a reason, BC struggles with these types of players. So that's going to be an issue going all, all year long because they don't have an answer on this team. Now next year, they bring in Armani Mighty from Canada. He's a seven-footer. He's a bigger dude. And you probably are going to go and want to get a transfer to go along with that. They'll have the spots to do that. Um, so that will have to be your answer for that interior presence. Now, one person that they had been using that was decent, at least on defense, was Fred Scott. And I can confirm with you that he's no longer with the program. I didn't get an answer to why he's not on the program. They don't usually release that. But I noticed when I looked at the... the um, the, the player charts, he was not on there anymore. So he has he's no longer with the program. That's one less bench player. I mean, BC is playing very, very thin as it is. But now your bench, you're going to have to start using some of these other guys. You're going to see more. And I think it's good of like Gianni Thompson, James Vanderbon. You're going to see these guys. Brevin Galloway is playing more. He had a tough game too. I'm not... So far, he's, he's struggled a little bit. I love him as a... You know, he's a great face of this program, but oof, he's... He's taking some tough shots. He shot 30%, I think, for this game. So, tough loss for Boston College, but that's, as I keep saying, it's tough to watch, but this is what we're going to be dealing with all season. You want to see the team get better in situational things. Um, you want to see them be able to, you know, pull out some wins here or there. So, hopefully, we'll see that jump. And I know it's not something you want to see right now, but... Basically, the end goal is going to be that 2022 recruiting squad. When you bring in Chaz Kelly, you bring in Donald Hand, Armani Mighty, and Prince Aligby. You've got four guys right there that should instantly improve this team. But you have to get through the 21-22 season, and that's going to be tough for everyone involved. Now, in a moment, I want to talk a little bit about Trey Barry in the tight end position. It's my favorite topic, as, as some of our listeners like to talk about, the tight ends. But first, let me tell you about the Built Bar, my favorite it is the Built Bar. Happy New Year's, everyone. One of your goals to get yourself in shape. If so, you need to make the Built Bar part of your plan. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar because it is 100% covered in chocolate. It's loaded with protein and it tastes really good. I'm telling you, if you've tried protein bars, many of them you probably have tried before, you're like, oh, chalky, waxy, gross. That is not the case with the Built Bar. The Built Bar is delicious. It's soft, it's easy to chew, and it tastes good. Every day I have one around 2.30, and they give me the power and energy I need to get through some tough days. They have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, and some of the flavors that you got to try them out. Cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, and they have many more. And if you have, if they have some of their specialty flavors and specialties that they have, you've got to try them out. Like, some of the ones that they come out with are the best. So go to Built.com, because they're changing 
every other day, it seems like. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. This is AJ Black, Locked On Boston College. Thank you all who have made Locked On BC your first listen every morning. For all of you that have made us part of your daily routine, I appreciate every one of you. And if you have any feedback, if you have something you wished I did more on the show, um, just hit me up on DMs. I know some of you want more interviews and things like that, and believe me, I'm working on those. But if there's anything else that you would like, more mailbags, more things like that, hit me up on Twitter, at LockedOnBC, and let me know what you want more. And I will make sure to adjust, because I'm, I love talking, but I also like to do what you guys out there in the audience want to hear. So... On Saturday evening, we uh, Boston College football got some news, I'm assuming they knew ahead of time, that Trey Berry accepted an invitation to the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl. This is a bowl, I, honestly, I, I know of some of the other bowls, like the East-West Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. I, I, I had to admit, I hadn't heard of this one. But it's another bowl for potential NFL draftees to get in front of scouts, get in front of team player, uh, team coaches and things like that. And Trey Berry is going to be in that. Now that means that the hopes that many of us had that he could be coming back and be that tight end in 2022 have been dashed. Now, if you remember about two weeks ago in one of the last um, press conferences that Jeff Halfley had before the military bowl, he mentioned that he was going to try to get uh, either a waiver or some way for, for, uh, for Barry to come back. Now, <clears throat> I had looked at the numbers, didn't make sense to me at the time when I saw it, but I had heard also from some sources within the school that it was a long shot that he was going to get in. But I think Halfley was going to try because there was one year, I think, I think um, Barry played like five games, which is like one more than um, the, the minimum that you're a maximum that you're allowed to play. So there was some hope that maybe Halfley and the NCAA could, you know, get on, get an agreement and get a waiver for him to come back. This news officially pretty much seals that he won't be. Because if you're in these postseason bowls, that means basically you have an agent that you've already entered into the draft, all that good stuff. So Barry is gone. Uh, and that's that's sad because, you know, we saw him in that first game against Colgate. And he made that leaping touchdown catch. And it was one of the coolest plays. I, I had that on my top 10 plays of the season on bcbulletin.com. Um, check that out if you haven't checked that out already. But Barry, you know, he made that leap. And it was like, oh man, we got, you know, Boston College must have that answer to, to Hunter Long. He's 6'7, he can move, he can catch. And, but he got banged up. And that's been kind of his story for a couple years now. He's, you know, he plays a physical position, but he got banged up. He played 10 games. He ended up with like 25 catches for about 350 yards. You know, when he was healthy, he gave you what you wanted, but he still, you know, you, especially with Dennis Grossell out there, he didn't do a whole lot. Um, so it was hopeful that he'd come back for one more year, get to play in with Djokovic and get that final season. He's not going to get that, though. So Barry's going to head to the draft. I, I, you know, I know some people are hoping he gets drafted. He could be an end of the, you know, like a sixth or seventh rounder. I mean, I, I think at this point he's more likely to be an undrafted free agent. Um, which is not bad, you know. Players make it to the NFL with that, um, but we'll have to see and wait, see how he does on on you know pro days if he gets to the combine, which I don't think he will. Um, but we'll see what happens with him. Now for Boston College, this leaves the tight end position in a bit of flux because on 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 the roster you have Joey Lucchetti and Spencer Witter who have both played significant amounts at tight ends. Now neither of these guys I would consider to be anything near what you got out of Hunter Long or healthy Trey Berry. 
But Luch- I, to credit when credit's due, Joey Lucchetti had some good catches in there. Um, and he's a solid wide res- uh, tight end, like catching tight end. So I think those guys are going to be two of your premier tight ends. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see a uh, more typical pass-catching tight end jump into what Barry uh, has done. It's probably not going to be transfer portal unless there's a name that pops up that like catches your eyes. Most of these tight ends, I think, are probably um, lesser than what BC gets. And I had to keep reminding you because I keep seeing people saying like, oh, we're going to get all these transfers. Jeff Hathley has said over and over again he wants to use the guys that he has. So don't expect if there's a guy on the roster uh, ready to take that next step, he's more likely to give that guy the chance than someone who could be equal to him. So that could be someone like Charlie Gordonier. Um, I know he is a, a player that could uh, hit a pretty good pass catcher. There's also a pair of freshmen. I don't know if any of them jump up immediately, but Matt Reagan and Jeremiah Franklin are both pass catching tight ends. If either of them enroll early, and I think Franklin is, I'm not 100% sure I have to double check on that. If they enroll early, learn the offense, you could see one of them jump up as well. Hans Lillis is also on that roster and Brandon Brown. Lillis is more of a blocking tight end. I don't see him taking that role. And Brown, I don't... I I mean, he's more of a backup depth player at this point. I don't see him doing it. So you're either going to go with Luchetti and DeWitter or probably one of these... Uh, Gordonier or one of these freshmen. I don't think tight end will be a position that they go after in the transfer portal. So we'll have to wait and see with Trey Barry. But, you know, all in all... It was a season where, just like everything else with Boston College, it was something you hoped big things for him. You didn't really get much of it. You got pieces of it here and there, four touchdowns. But you were hoping like a big season, and he just didn't have that chance to do it because of injuries and because Dracovic was out. Now, in our final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about hockey, women's basketball, and everything in between. Hello, Eagles fans. This is Locked On Boston College host AJ Black with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free or use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank using code SCORE. This is Locked on Boston College. AJ Black here. Let's uh, dive into the news in our final segment. These are all the news stories that are are hitting the Boston College airwaves and, and things that you, as Boston College fans, may want to know about. First of all, women's basketball had a big game on Sunday against Clemson. They headed down to Little John Coliseum, where the women won their second straight ACC game, defeating the Clemson Tigers 80-74. Huge win for the women. Cam Schwartz was on fire, scoring 39 points. It's a personal high uh, as they win again. Taylor Soul scored 13 points. Michaela Dickens added 12 and had five assists. BC's up to 11 and 4, 2 and 2 in the ACC, and it earns its first road win in league action. Clemson falls to 6 and 9. So big win for the women. Again, 
can't stress, stress this enough. They are playing exceptionally well. This is a team that if you are into watching good basketball and want a team to root for, the women's team, they are they should be the top of your list right now because Joanna McNamee starting to get that buzz again that she got about two years ago when BC started playing really well. And if you got Cam Schwartz hitting 39 points, I mean, she's a good shooter. Um, she's usually one of their three-point specialists. If you get her going, you can win a lot of games. And it's exciting to see this team play well. Next, they have Pitt, which should also be a winnable game. Pitt is 0-3 in the ACC. They lost to um, North Carolina State by a lot, but NC State's really good. Same thing with Notre Dame, and they got blown out by Louisville, which Boston College did too. So should, again, be a good matchup for the Eagles. This game will be at home, so um, a big game for the for Boston College. Uh, no, sorry, this game's on the road. They're going to also have a game with Georgia Tech in between there. They'll probably be 0-4. Georgia Tech's really good this year. So BC's in the top half of the of the bracket in terms of ACC play. They are a borderline tournament team right now. They need to start to pile up wins. A win against Pitt, they're starting to really look good. So congratulations to I mean Cam Schwartz. Great game again. Um, uh, you know, one of those highlight real games that you just want to hear more about. So on the other side of the, the coin, I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon, so I know the BC men's hockey plays UConn again later, uh, but miserable loss on Saturday. Uh, BC had a lead. They were, uh, you know, they were playing in stores. They go back and forth for, you know, in the third quarter, third period, excuse me, Patrick Giles ties the game four to four on a breakaway with 54 seconds. It looks really good. UConn scores with 35 seconds left. Sorry, they don't play again on Sunday. This was just a one-game um, series. So BC it uh, st- snaps their unbeaten streak at six as they drop to 10-6 and three. I'm still not sold on this team. I, th- I they need this was a bad loss for BC. No way to put it about it. They needed this win really bad. Would have grabbed some momentum going into a home and home series with U- UNH. You could have really started to push your record up. BC needs to start winning. I mean, you're. I'm not going to say that next weekend's a must-win for both games, but when you play UNH, those are two team, two games that you really need to get four points. You, you, you need to. And you need better play all around. I mean, if you're going to let up five goals to UConn, um, you're, you're not in good shape right now. So this is not a team, I don't think, that is going to be um, battling for the Hockey East title. I don't think they're that as good. I think UMass is still clearly the, the class of the Hockey East um, conference. And they're a borderline tournament team. They got to play better. And you know this is a perfect time. You know it's only one game. You know you you learn from it. You move on. But this was a bad loss. You know bad loss to UConn. You hate losing to at, at the rack uh, at the rent. And it's that's it is what it is. Um, in terms of football, some f- football news you want to know about. Um, Hugh Davis, linebacker who entered the transfer portal. Many people have been wondering where he was going to end up. He announced on Saturday that he is going to Louisiana Tech. That's kind of caught me off guard because I I thought maybe, you know, an Indiana guy, he might go to a Big Ten or a Mac school, ends up in Louisiana Tech. So good for him. Again, when these guys find um, homes, you know, he's there. Now you got Kobe White at James Madison playing with uh, Frank Signetti's brother. You have um, Deion Jones at James Madison, um, Jamin Muse at Buffalo. Interestingly, none of these guys have found a home in a Power Five conference school. Just, I mean, just, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not bashing any of these kids. Obviously, you want to see them do well, but um, that just kind of tells you how tough it is to find a new place to play at the Power Five level. And in terms of the transfer portal for Boston College, still no news. I haven't heard any leaks about anyone really. Boston College is all that high on. 
and again, I go back to what Jeff Halfley has said. I know everyone is living in the transfer portal, but that's not how he's building Boston College. I expect this to be a small, maybe a couple handful of guys that they need just to fill in spots here and there. But it, I think Halfley is going to go with the guys that he has on his team. He's going to develop the players that he has. Like, as I said earlier with, with tight ends, like, what's the point of recruiting these kids if you're just going to keep bringing in grad transfers to fill in? You need to give, at some point, you got to pull the Band-Aid off and let some of these guys play. Now, there's positions I still think Boston College will be looking at, and I've said all along, defensive end and linebacker are two that I would look at, but I don't know how much longer that's going to be. I mean, maybe he thinks Donovan Azarak is going to be the answer, or that Cam Arnold and Bryce Steele are ready to be the linebackers with Vinny De Palma. Um, but, you know, it, it's been very, very quiet. I'm going to say that right now. Um, I know the staff has been off for a little bit, but they've been doing some behind-the-scenes work. So, I, you know, there's new offers out. If you go to bcbulletin.com, you can see some of the new names that they've been offering. But even the class of 2022, I know some people have been waiting to hear more news about some of the late guys that Jeff Halfley said he's going to be trying to get. I haven't heard much from that either. The guys that are still out there, BC hasn't really been pushing. They haven't had many guys on campus. They, You know, it seems like... It seems to me that either they're doing a really good job doing some hush-hush work on some guys that we're going to hear about later, or it's just quietly just going along and seeing if someone lands on their lap. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't think I don't see them actively going after any names out there, but there might be some you know lower tier guys that aren't socially media um, crazy, like you know you see the guys that post all 75 uh, offers that they get. And maybe there's guys like, you know, Clive Owen, uh, not Clive Owen, Clive Wilson. Sorry, Clive Owen's an actor. Clive Wilson, the defensive end that committed earlier, I don't think he has a Twitter handle. Um, and hence, I had never heard of him when he committed. There might be a guy like that. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you right now, I just not heard much on the transfer portal and ending the class of 2022. Now, on tomorrow's show, we're going to have Mitch Wolf back on. We're going to talk all about BC football, BC basketball, everything in between. You're going to want to hear all of that on our show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. I am the host, AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Uh, thank you all for listening and enjoy the national championship game. I hope you guys stay up and watch it. It's, you know, SEC football, I guess, but should be a good game. I think two good teams you could get, get to watch. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that on Tuesday as well. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again soon.